So let me read our passage this morning. We'll get started. For the anxious, uh, anxious longing of creation awaits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation has, uh, was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subject, subjected it in hope. That creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. So our passage this morning is talking specifically about our, uh, our longing hearts, about what we long for, about what others long for, about what cre- very creation longs for, what we are eager to do, uh, what we are ready to do. What are you ready to do? If you were to ask a question, if you've got a notebook, uh, I want you to write out or just make a list in your head if you don't have anything to write with and say, hey, here's things that I'm ready to do. This is kind of, a, 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 kind of maybe an odd question. Well, I'm ready to do nothing. I'm sitting here listening to you. But if someone were to ask you, hey, I need you to X, all right, and then they started listing off things, uh, being ready to do those things, like, hey, for an example, hey, I'm, I'm ready to cut down a tree. What would that mean for you? If you were to say, hey, I'm ready to cut down a tree, what would have to be true of you to be ready to do that? Yeah, Matthew. Okay, you have to have the right tools. What else? Have to what? Have to have a tree to cut down. Very good. What else? Space has to be clear. Ideally, yes. What else? Do you need to know how to do it? Yes. <laughs> Why is that maybe the most important thing? Because what if uh, you can have all those things but then not be uh, competent to do the thing? Right? I might even think if you're competent to do the thing and you don't have all the other things in place, you actually might even still be able to get it done. Right? So I ask again, what are you ready to do? Are there things in your life that you are ready and competent to do? So uh, talk, with your, uh, talk with your neighbor, find a person, maybe a, a third person if, if odd, and discuss like, some things that you are actually ready to do. It can be anything. It doesn't necessarily need to be spiritual. Okay? So discuss that for just a minute. What am I ready to do under those circumstances or under those conditions? All right, this is not a competition, okay? I'm ready to do more things than you. Just as, as nicely as you can, kindly as you can, here's the things that I'm ready to do. All right, what do we got? Ken and Ethan, what are you guys ready to do? So you're, so you're like, I've got all of the, all of the things I'm competent if given the opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, she's ready to take a nap. Anything, anything um, uh, less in the moment? Like any, say somebody else? Ready to start nursing school. There we go. She's got all of her books. She's got her pencils. She knows where classes are. She's ready to go. What else? What else are you ready to do? Matthew. 
Okay. All right. So that let's say everyone that's the case. We'll be we'll try to be brief this morning. What else are we ready? What else are we ready competent to do? Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, maybe one more. What are you ready to do? I mean, think of things that you can do, right? So if you're really good at something, I'm kind of always in a state of readiness, right? Can do something. Do we get what, what I'm asking here versus like what I want to happen? Okay, yes. All right, good. So why does this matter? If you can go back a slide, uh, Porter. Uh, the other one, this one right here. So um, as you're looking at this, what, is, uh, what does this picture remind you of? What is, uh, why is the kid at the window? What is he looking for? Smoke. Smoke? Smoke. Oh, snow, okay. <laughs> snow. What else might he be looking for? His dad. The ice cream truck. Why do we go to the window? Every one of us has done this at any, at some, you might have done this this week. You know, you're, you're waiting on something, correct? When we, when we look at the scripture, uh, what Paul describes uh, is both, um, both creation, right, and ourselves longing for uh, something that's not here yet. And when I'm speaking of readiness, right, this is uh, an attitude that we have, that there's something that we want, right, that we don't currently have, but we really, really, really want it, right? And we are kind of in a state of readiness, both for that thing to happen, but also prepared for the thing to happen, right? Can you be in a state where you want something to happen, but you aren't prepared for the thing to happen? Yes, what happens when that's the case? A lot of times, right, because you're not ready for the opportunity. And so I think that this is something that we uh, need to be uh, encourage, both encouraged to do and challenged with if we're not doing it, right? This idea of God asking us to be ready, or is this our heart, right? Is this true of us, right? And if it's not true of us, then what are some factors that are involved that are uh, distracting us or helping us not understand, you know, what it, the thing is, the thing that we are waiting for. I like that he's describing this desire for things as they should be in our passage this morning. So let's go and look uh, at the passage again. For this anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. What is being uh, kind of assumed there about the sons of God? Do we wait for things that are not good for us or things that we're not looking forward to? All right. What would be an example? Said no? Or he said yes? <laughs> yeah. So what's different about waiting for like the other, like worrying, right, or waiting... Uh, with anxious longing, right? This longing is I want the thing to happen versus I'm scared, right, that it, that it will. 
What's the difference? Yeah. 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 You understand what's what's uh, in front of you. I want to move forward. Absolutely. But what about this idea of revealing of the sons of God? Let me have a couple of people uh, stand up here. Dylan, if you wouldn't mind standing up. Kara, if you wouldn't mind standing up. Ben, Brewer, Ho, stand up. Brooks, uh, Sydney, if you would if you wouldn't mind. So when we're thinking about. As you're thinking about um, this idea of revealing, right, what is to be, we're waiting on maybe like, well, who's it going to be, right? If there's a raffle, <laughs> if there's a present that's being given out, if there's some prize or some award, right, where we're, there's the idea of that we're going to have revealed, right, who that person is. And yet here we have this idea that creation eagerly waits for the sons of God to be revealed. That for someone to stand up, right, to say to, through their actions, through their attitudes, through everything about them, that this is who God's children are. Thank you for, for standing. You're very, very nice. Can you imagine that the very creation is wanting somebody to do something about what uh, is the case right now. The thing that, that what's happening is not what they want to happen. Waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. So how should we, so, so what, um, so why is this helpful for us to know? Do you want to know who wants your help or who needs your help? What do we need to do to be able uh, to avail ourselves of someone that needs our help. What are some things that we do as a society to recognize right, people that can help us? This is a fairly straightforward question. What do you think? Huh? Okay. That's all right. So how do we recognize people uh, not sorry, not recognize people that have helped us, but that can help us. They're yeah, they're approachable. They're available. How else do we uh, find people that can help us, or how do they avail themselves or make themselves known? Yeah, in what ways? Yeah. Yeah, uniforms, lanyards <laughs> with signs on them. What, is, what are the signs of the children of God? Hope. Keep them coming. Love, obedience, joy, righteousness. For the, for, the anxious uh, for the anxious longings of creation wait eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who, subject, who subjected it in hope. Uh, you, you guys in here complain about things? Yeah. <laughs> the things that we complain about, think about a few that you've complained about today or uh, over the weekend. 
what do those uh, what do those things that you complain about reveal about you? So take a minute just to kind of talk amongst yourselves. Uh, name some things that you've complained about. What does that reveal about things that you want or things that you long for? Okay. This should be on the tip of our tongue, the things we complain about. All right, so let's, let's hear some complaints. <laughs> All right, so what, what does the things that we complain about reveal about our longings? What are some things that we complain about? Football. Football, absolutely. What is the longing there? Win. Win, right? Wow, that's way more specific. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Uh, both of those things absolutely true. We long to uh, be, take pride in our uh, football team. Uh, we long to be able to assume that we're going to win, right? There's lots of things that, uh, that we're longing for there. What else? What's another complaint you have? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, what are you longing for? To go faster. To go faster, it's called the fast lane. What else? Some other stuff we complain about. Being busy. Being busy. Okay. What are we longing to be? Yeah. We're longing to be, have more time to not be doing things. Absolutely. What else? Bad weather. Bad weather. Yeah. What do we want? We want good weather. A couple other things. Gas prices. Okay. <laughs> What do we want? There's a reasonable amount I'm willing to pay for gas, right? <laughs> Think about all the things that you complain about. Sometimes we'll do that communally, won't we? We'll get together to complain about things. Well, what's, uh, what do you hate today? <laughs> well, let me, I'll listen to you. Let me now, let me share with you. All of these things talk about our longing, right? for things to be different than they are. Have we ever thought that there is somebody that's doing something about this? Have we ever, uh, have we ever longed not to have nothing to complain about, because I don't know what we talk about then, but have we longed for or remembered that there is a person that has said that he's going to fix things? both in our lives and in creation at some point. Then I want to talk then about this idea of moving from uh, that we do long for things even if we're not aware of it. But what, is, what are the things that we long for? What is it that we're hoping for? Uh, some of you are graduating in the next couple of months. Some of you are graduating in a few months after that. What is your hope in? A job, right? That I long for, uh, maybe for not needing one. <laughs> but where does that tell us uh, about what we're uh, longing for? What is this passage speaking into about what we uh, need to, uh, how we need to think about that? Um, 
Porter, are you ready? All right, we're going to talk about anticipation and the power of anticipation. Porter's going to sing a song, or no, no, <laughs> sing a song. He's going to play a song if he sings it well. Uh, we'll see. And so we'll, we'll discuss maybe uh, the, the power of anticipation in our life. All right, go ahead, Porter. It's kind of too early from yesterday, but you can cut it up a little bit if you want. All right, thank you, Porter. <laughs> huh? <laughs> or it makes you have PTSD. <laughs> I hoped again. So what is the power of anticipation in our life? This is what this passage is talking about. It's talking about longing for the right things. It's talking about um, the power of anticipation if we're anticipating what we should and what God's telling us to. What is the power of anticipation? How does that song, uh, when we play it, speak into that? Yeah. <laughs> we're about to ba- d- bounce and like wave things. I just love that. But what does it signal? Right? It's, it's, it's not like sandstorm is not the thing that we are finding great joy in. What does it represent? Yeah. That the start of something that could be something. Like we're excited that there's another shot at maybe getting this thing right. Now ultimately we're disappointed, but in that moment, <laughs> more often than not, but in that moment, right, there is great hope. I am anticipating, I'm wanting to think the best in this particular circumstance. What does it mean to live with great anticipation? My daughter is a groaner. Do you know any groaners? They're just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> About whatever it is. Anybody? Don't point to the person next to you. Okay. <laughs> oh, Meg, okay, you can point to yourself. Meg, Meg says she's a groaner. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what are, when we groan, what are we doing? I mean, we're complaining uh, just by making a sound, but what, uh, but think about the scripture that we have here. Right, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffered pains of childbirth. What do we, why do we groan? Yeah, that's a great definition. I don't have come control of something. I don't like what's happening right now, and so I just make this sound. <laughs> God is saying our spirits within us groan to be adopted. Like that it's okay that things aren't the way they are, but we want them to be better. And yet it says creation also groans for us to be revealed. That the simple sign of dissatisfaction, I have no control of it right now, but I want something different. 
And so I think that this is a sobering uh, piece. Most of our lives are lived in the space of potentiality of what could be. And God is hearkening us to look forward to what actually will be. Where life, right, is, uh, life swallows up hope. We only hope in what we don't have. But what, what, but what we need to do as we live, right, is look forward to what God promises. How does that change things? How would that change? Just don't answer that. I want you to ask that question. If the thing that we were looking forward to most over anything is that God would make it right and that I could be with him. If we go back to the picture um, at the beginning of thinking about the, the child looking out of the window, if that's you, right, what is it that your heart longs for? What is it that it groans for inwardly? That's right. What God is saying is what that other side of the glass should be is for us to be with him. And so why that's powerful to talk about these ideas of longing, why it's powerful that we talk about these, uh, these ideas of anticipation is because all of you long and anticipate many things. But are those things worth longing for? Are all of those things worth uh, anticipating? We'll look at... Um, We'll look at three passages uh, real quickly and then close um, with uh, some takeaways of how I think we need to do this. Because this is kind of something that we don't struggle with, uh, don't really know that we uh, need to do anything about. I just kind of live my life and I'm, I'm trying to understand what God wants me to do. But in the same time, I don't understand why I need to, uh, why I need to long for what God wants me to long for. So as we're looking at these um, the question is, ready for what? So when we talked about the first question we had, right, is, is what are you ready for? Right, and you, and you name some, that there's certain things that I'm ready for. But in uh, the Bible, God talks about readiness quite a bit. And he uses uh, the metaphor often of a master who's away and his servants, right, that he wants them to be ready for his return. Now, in that, uh, that's not a situation that many of us are in in this country. Um, but what would you imagine, right, are some things that are uh, important to think about as it relates to servants waiting on their master to come home? Do they have a job to do while he's away? Yes. What good is it that the master comes? Why do we want the master to come back? To reward us? for being ready, right? And yet many of us, right, don't, uh, when I ask us what we're ready for, right, we struggle. It's like, I've never thought about being ready. I don't like waiting. Anybody in here like waiting? No. I really don't like waiting, particularly when it's something I want. I love Christmas morning. Like, I mean, I love it. I'm 44 years old. I still can't sleep <laughs> on Christmas morning. It's pretty sad. But why can't I sleep? Because I'm excited. I love presents. I love people opening presents. I love getting presents myself. I love it. I'm ready to receive presents. When we look at these individual passages... 
Like Luke 12, 35, this is the passage where it talks about this readiness. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamp lit. That the master has need of you just in case he comes home. That there's things that he wants you to do around the house. That's your job. The lamp lit is because he could be coming in the middle of the night and I need to be ready for my master. Right? Being dressed as I'm not in just some random state that I'm here ready to receive him at any point. Does this state ever characterize your life? Are we ever in that state of readiness for the master. I'm ready. I think about that often as I'm ready to receive presents. You could make, wake me up any time in the middle of the night and I'm ready to go. For the picture uh, of the boy, in the, uh, the boy in the window, that was me waiting on my dad. I grew up in a broken home and uh, I've never known my parents to be together. I, I had a dad uh, mostly um, every other weekend. And I would wait at the window waiting for him to come because I wanted, I wanted to spend time with my dad. I was ready. I had my bag packed and he, I wasn't going to miss him. And yet so often that is not the state of readiness that we have for our God. He's there when we need him after I die. I'm hoping that he'll receive me. But I'm not looking forward to right, spending that time. That's not what my heart desires. And yet over and over, Jesus tells parables uh, of, in the form of the servant or maybe folks invited to a wedding. Back in uh, their culture, that was the highest honor to be a wedding guest and to be one of the ones invited in. And they had to be dressed appropriately and they had to uh, obey the wishes of uh, the person coming in. And over and over again, it says, talks about people not being ready to come in, not dressed appropriately, right? Not having their lamps lit. And so for us, that's a big challenge about how we live our lives. Are we ready and longing and anxious for God to make things right and for us to then finally be with him? Ephesians 6.14, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is this describing? Same thing in Galatians. Right? What's it, what's it describing? Getting ready for war. Getting ready for war. I'm ready. I'm not like, if, as Goliath's coming towards me, I'm like, hold on, dude, I've got to find my, gotta find my shin plate. Where's my, where's my shield? I'm, oh, man, I lost my slingshot. I've got to, all right, let me hold on. <laughs> How many of us, if God is wanting to put us into action or not, it's like, where did I put my Bible? Where's my sword? Is my, is my breastplate at the cleaners? Where did I put that thing? It's been a while since I used it. This is not, this is not a state of readiness. Golly, that is convicting. Lastly, 1 Peter 1.13, Therefore prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What does somebody want what does Paul, uh, Peter want there, 1 Peter 1.13? What is he ready for to receive? At the end of that verse. Yeah. What is uh, young Rob sitting at the window? What's he, what's he ready for? Dad's car to pull up. 
I'm waiting for it. Like, is, this, is it that car? Is it that car? Is it that car? Sometimes I'd, I'd have to wait a while. Nope, that's not his car, but maybe the next one. Anxiously longing. Groaning. For it to be. Here, let's finish up. We'll go to the last slide. Right, what do I do while I'm ready? What, is, what would it mean to wait well? The first thing we see over and over again is that we, that we need to be working. How, how would you, you yourselves, not putting yourself in this, but think about all the, the Christians that you know. How would you describe the state in which they are waiting? Are they ready to go or they just assume that, hey, when whatever happens <laughs> will just kind of happen? All of you have had jobs. What does it look like when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing when the boss comes back and when you're not? Isn't that the best feeling in the world? <laughs> to be goofing off when your boss comes back and you weren't expecting it? Why does that feel so bad? He didn't even have to say anything. You just get like this lump in your throat. <laughs> and you're just like. <laughs> or when you throw a frisbee at the car, <laughs> the tailgate. Who hit it? I'm not sure. Why do we feel like that? Why do we, why do we let ourselves feel like that? Question, have you ever had a coworker that doesn't do that, was diligent to work regardless of if the master or the boss was there? Yes? No? That person is ready. We work while we wait. The second thing we need to do is we need to renew our excitement. Anybody remember that you were way more excited about stuff when you were little than you are now? Why? Where has the excitement gone? <laughs> and what, and, uh, and real quick, well, what's disappointing about the thing that you're waiting for typically? Like, hey, you're excited, it happened, and then it just kind of, eh, it's not. Yeah. What have we learned as we've gotten, gotten older? Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> to expect the worst we can, that's, that's being cynical. There's lots of people that are cynical. But what, what have we learned? There's something about the thing that we're longing for. So like my, my son is excited about a Happy Meal. He gets a Happy Meal. Somehow he's still excited about the Happy Meal. But what we learn as we get older, right, is that thing, we need a bigger and better thing every time, right? And as we get older, that thing, the kind of the need, the power, the, the gloriousness of that thing has to continue to up the ante, doesn't it? Not for us to continue to get excited. And so really what we've lost is we've lost our awe. We used to be easily awed, and now we are. We awe with difficulty. Amen? 
Remember the last time that you went? <laughs> you know that face? You're like, there's, there's something, you're expecting something and it exceeds your expectations. It kind of blows your mind. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? We need to renew our excitement. Think about how we get cynical is because we dwell on that which disappoints us over and over again, and yet we continue to not dwell on God's promises. The things that we complain about, our health, what we don't have, why things is going poorly, is the exact things that God promises the opposite of. He promises healing. When we complain about our lost relationship, he promises restoration. When I'm sick and I don't know if I'm going to get better, he promises ultimate healing. We need to renew our excitement in God and his things because those are the things that we truly, truly should be excited about. And lastly... Right, we need to stoke the fires of God's goodness. Are there people, uh, maybe an earthly example, are there people in your life that are really good to you and uh, you don't uh, appreciate it? How might you stoke the fire of their goodness in your life? How, how might you, maybe put it another way, how might you go about appreciating them more? Any thoughts? Serving them. Serving them? Why? Why would that stoke? I think there comes a point where it's like you see Yeah, so the act of you saying, hey, I'm reminded of how good you are to me, and I'm going to return the favor. Absolutely, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, Matthew? Like verbalizing it, like saying it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. All right, think about all the things you dwell on. Do those things generally make you happy or sad or grumpy? Sad and grumpy, right? (laughs) We are amazing at dwelling on things that are sad and grumpy, and we are horrendous, right, at reminding ourselves of the blessings we have, of that those things are actually from God, of the things that he wants to give us. Chapter 8 is all about life and power in the Spirit. That is the opposite of the life that we generally experience. Father, thank you for wanting me to know (laughs) that there is a different life. God is good. Yet there's a way in which we can, we can be grumpy about that too. How dare you keep reminding me to not live the way I continue to live? How dare you? I'm grumpy that you keep, me, keep making me feel bad. <laughs> and, as, and God is saying, are you crazy? I love you. I'm trying to get you to live a better life. I'm trying to get you to look forward to when everything will be fixed. I want you to long for that. 
It's okay to be dissatisfied with this life, but we've got to look forward to what he has for us. That is his promise. It is okay for me to long for God. It is okay for me to long for everything to be fixed. Very creation longs for it too. I'll end with this. Hopefully uh, a good bit of you have been over to our house over the last year. And you've seen that it has been in different stages of disrepair. (laughs) Particularly our yard. And one of the cool things as we went, Brene and I visited the property the first time is we saw the potential of what it once was. God sees you as his children as this of what could be. He sees what he originally created. And it's been really neat over the past uh, year or so. We just got like grass back. But all the steps that it took to prepare the ground and to cut stuff down and to pull stuff up and to change things to enable that to happen. And so I often think that as we step foot on that property, that property was groaning for the Nichols family to reveal themselves. Who is going to be my next owner? And in hope, I'm hoping that my owner is good to me. And so that may be an odd thing to think, but as I sit in and around our property now and I see it's changing and it's becoming again what it could be, I sit in that hope and I sit in that longing and I feel that. That is, I see what... what it is is what it could have been, right? And it's rejoicing that the good family revealed themselves and the good family has taken care of me and what could have been now actually is. And I, and I uh, think about and dream about that, the, that our, this is weird, that our house and the grounds around it are rejoicing, right? Because dad is home. May we... Right, work through that to get excited about what God has for us. Let's pray. Father, as we are tired <laughs> and in need of a nap, Father, as we have been here a while uh, and, and our, our hearts are all over the place, Father, would you help us focus uh, for just a minute to remind us That the things we long for, right, the the things that we're disgusted with and upset about, my groaning about this and that, Father, all is calling out to you. Father, it is our hearts reminding us that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And yet here you're using using Paul to remind us, Father, that that, that that groaning, right, is okay, that it is groaning for a purpose. Lord, would you... Help us long for you. That that is the thing that we would want and that that thing would make a great deal in our lives. That we would look forward to our adoption that day. I look forward with uh, of reminding myself of what it was like when my dad showed up. I had my little bag packed and I'd run out to him and I was so excited to spend that time with them. Father, would, would that be the thing that excites us the most? We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.